As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. friends and welcome into the athletic fantasy football podcast it is week eight waivers i am chris welsh your host today all the days we've got jake seeley in the house with the article the big article over at the athletics so and make sure you pick up a subscription if you do not have it it's easy enough you just go to all in kid on the x the twitter make sure you follow him of course and then you click on uh one of my recent tweets and uh, subscribe today athletic it's just like super simple you'll be able to figure it all out and it will get you all set up for every week of the NFL season. Week 8 coming up here. We are talking waivers today. We got some streaming options. But the important thing is football stinks. Jake, it's all over. Don't like it anymore. Uh, nothing is predictable. The 49ers keep losing. So I was thinking, let's do a different sport. Let's do a different sport here. What do you want to do? <laughs> What's wrong with football? What happened to you and nope. we... Week seven. Uh, 49ers lose to the Browns. Uh, B. John Robinson has a, has a little headache. All the bets lose. It's just it's a stinky couple weeks. It, this is <laughs> I, I always forget weeks. every football season. I forget just have this real like good dominance through some version of like the first four to six weeks. And then there is just just this like, bam, smack in your face, like somewhere between week seven and week nine. And it goes on for like a month where it's like, uh this should be predictable and nothing is predictable. Not even remotely close. I mean, there were some things that you know, we definitely could have predicted and or, or did, but I mean, uh, the Bijan Robinson one, uh, that's just, nobody saw that coming. Our, our, our boss. Well, I guess he's kind of your boss. I don't know. Like Nando DeFino was going to say our good friend. He's a boss. Yeah. He's kind of like your offshoot boss. It's like your side boss. You know, like yeah. you can talk to him in the back room over there. I don't know. He actually, <laughs> he's actually got a theory. He actually thinks that the Bijan situation was like, maybe because the report during the game was that he was sore. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, it's his head. Mm. Like, mm. and so Nando's got this theory that it was actually, he in practice might've said like, Hey, I'm kind of feeling sore. Do I need to do like whatever, blah, blah, blah. And Arthur Smith was actually sending a message. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought he might've had like a really bad case of like 
diarrhea or something, and they're wearing the white. No, that's what happened with Curtis Samuel because Curtis Samuel left for like a drive plus and then came no, back. Did, did he? It, yeah, nobody <laughs> talked about it. Like I, I was watching that game intently because I had a lot going on with Curtis Samuel in some places, and then like he just ran up. They actually even panned to him and they showed him running down the tunnel. And I'm like, we're not going to talk about this. This is not. Like, <laughs> what, was, we're not going to talk about it. It's tight? probably a poops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, was he holding tight? Like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. The week was culminated by. You know, Brandon Ayuk having an incredibly great first half and then not seeing a single target the rest of the half to cash anything or help anybody or oh, really do yeah. anything. So, you know, that, that's just what existed. it was. Yeah. But but as always noted, the best thing to do is we need to erase last week and we need to move forward and we need to construct forward. We're coming off of bipocalypse to now by no clips. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. I've I don't remember a time in the middle of the year where you would have six teams on a buy, and then nobody. It's weird buy management, but everybody is back. You're gonna have all the guys and uh, waivers. There are some names. There's actually an intriguing RB <laughs> name pro- that we're gonna. That might talk be the about. best way to put it. There's some names. There's yeah. There's, <laughs> there's some names. Guys. There's there's people. There's a wide receiver that we've talked about a lot. Um, there's a couple other theoretical wide receivers. Say one higher end running back. And that is what we are going to get you guys prepared for. But we got a little bit of news and notes at the top. Uh, Reported over on ESPN that Jerome Ford has a low-grade high ankle sprain and is likely to be sidelined for one to two weeks now, which opens the floodgates for Kareem Hunt. And Kareem Hunt has looked very good, though he was a little banged up going up into the game. Are you going to like full unload for Kareem Hunt? This week, next week. If Kareem Hunt is out there still, if people are still lingering, I, you, you have to. I would actually even take him over the number one waiver if he's out there. Uh, but I don't think it's Kareem Hunt from years ago, whereas Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb would miss time and it was all of a sudden, ooh, top 15 RB1 potential. Kareem Hunt. Hey, look, Barkley doesn't even agree. Barkley's uh, mad about <laughs> Kareem Hunt not having she's, it. She's, she's got the Zoom. She's like, screw this. Scare Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that you're looking at RB2, as you mentioned. Actually, when Jerome Ford left the game, it was a 55-45 split, rounding off a little bit. I think it was actually 56-50-44 or something like that. But point being, I think you're going to see more of a split with Pierre Strong, maybe even if they bring back Deion Jackson. which I And the waiver column, I even added the update for it. Yes, they cut him, but they cut him because they had to keep P.J. Walker up. And they have, were out of ch- they they already spent their options of sending PJ Walker back to the practice squad, so they couldn't do it anymore. Or they or they lose him. So they kept Walker up. They cut Deion Jackson. They could bring him back. They could trade for Dearness Johnson. We see this board. Point being, there could be a third person in the mix, a small mix, but at least to take some of it away. You got to take Kareem Hunt as a top top 20, 25 running back though. Yeah, and that was really what I was curious was where he would fall as far as RBs this week, and I think that's the right range, though. Deshaun Watson banged up. He got banged up in this game, and I think they were still... What was the last report? I don't know why I didn't put it on here. I, I saw it, and I just didn't put it on here, but I think they were still doing some, some tests. Is he is he good good to play? Yeah, they actually, at the end of the game, even announced that um, they, like he's going to make the next start. They were just being okay. safe. Yeah, so top 20 back for Kareem Hunt seems like the general space here. Uh, speaking of the Bijan Robinson situation, it was also reported by ESPN that the NFL is now asking injury report compliance questions to the Falcons about why no one knew about this. And, you know, funny enough, th- this was kind of my thing that I-, I was almost defending them because 
it was like a weird headachey type of thing because because multiple people were like, why is the NFL not investigating about it? And it's like, well, you know, that's that's a decent question. But if this was like, you know, the bubble guts or the, um, you know, a headache or whatever it was, I guess you could kind of see it. But it seems so shady how it was used in game, because from a betting perspective, as I've noted to a lot of people, I had bets on Bichon and that hurt. Had he just not played, they would have been void. But then they yeah. like had him out there in a helmet while he had whatever these migraines pass and they blocking. played him for yeah, pass blocking and then having one run. It it does feel shady. If they had just like last minute, oh, he's got a headache, he's not gonna play, we would have no issues. No betters would have issues, NFL no compliance issues, but whatever the hell this was, it was never reported. And the NFL is now looking into it. So I don't know if there's I can't imagine anything is gonna come of it for the NFL, right? I mean, are they gonna find are they gonna fine Arthur Smith? <laughs> I mean, they could. I mean, if anything, I think this might just be, even if it is a small fine, at least it's something that just puts the, hey, we noticed and we're paying attention type of thing. So it just, it definitely was weird. It, like, again, I go back to Nando's theory. It just doesn't make sense. The fact that, my, like, I don't know anybody else out there, like, I've had migraines and I don't want to pass block. I don't want to, I don't want to get, I want to wrap my head and I, like was, ice and warm. Like, it just it made no I, sense. I literally couldn't comprehend if he had a migraine. Why would you even put him out there to get his head Which smashed? Which is why it's weird. Put him in a dark room for two days or whatever it is. It None of it made any sense. That theory of like him saying something and getting reprimanded kind of seems like it's out there, but it, it was handled insanely poorly for literally everybody. Uh, so I guess they're looking into it. I think after the game, they said Bijan would be fine. But I don't know. Who the hell knows? They're obviously lying and not uh, being truthful. Here, here's a big one in the tight end world. Is Bill's head coach, Sean uh, McDermott, announced that Dawson Knox underwent wrist surgery and his timeline to return is unknown. This coming off of a Dalton Kincaid big game where I think he had eight catches. And, with, and Dawson Knox, you know, just always floating around as a target. This being taken away, Kincaid goes from this fleety, like, maybe probably not startable top 12 tight end to, I mean, how far would you be? But yeah. Is it top 10, top eight? I mean, how far would you be willing to go? I play him over. Like somebody asked me in the waiver column, I'd drop Evan Ingram for him because Evan Ingram has been floor. Evan, like, Ooh, whoop de doo I got my seven points this week. Six <laughs> points, seven points, six points. Like that's all he's been. I'll take the chance on it's tight end. I don't want 10 point or, or tight end 10 every single week. So the biggest thing stopping him was the split with Dawson Knox and not being on the field enough. Uh, they already started moving him more into the wide receiver package, as we saw before this, and now Dawson Knox is out on top of it. So, yeah, absolutely. I would take him just on the upside alone. We take it. We, were t- we were ranking Musgrave as a tight end one fringe top 10, and he wasn't even going to be involved as Kincaid should be. Yeah, and the, I was a little critical after the game. I didn't know about the injury with Knox. Where I was like, well, this is great that this is a Kincaid game, but um, Davis completely disappeared, and I don't want to. Ju- I didn't want to jump into the pool of Dalton Kincaid just because uh, Gabe Davis does nothing, and then it's going to just bounce back, and then Kincaid's going to disappear again. But if you're now going to have him playing the majority of all the tight end snaps, this completely changes it, and he's got the he's got the upside of a top five tight end. He's got the upside to be what Sam Laporta has become. 
especially right. now in that offense, getting the full run. So uh, that's kind of exciting in the tight end market. Only other piece of news, it has no fantasy impact, but I don't know if you saw Chris Olave was arrested for reckless operation of a vehicle speeding like 35 over and uh, he got arrested, but it was full compliance. There might be some, there might be something that comes down, but there's no expectation that week eight's going to have any issue. There could, I don't know. I don't know if there would be a suspension on that. That's technically criminal driving, uh, but um, <laughs> totally not from experience. You can get that brought down to misdemeanor. So it's totally nothing. Not that I know this at all, Jake, uh, from any past experience, but uh, he should be fine. I'm not expecting any missed time or anything like that, but um, good thing there was no uh, Olave issues, right? Mm, yeah, good thing. I don't good think there'll anything comes of it. I don't think so. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, let's go look at the waivers for this week. Week 8 waivers, what are you going to do? There are some backs, there's some wide receivers, there's a couple high-end guys, and unfortunately we are in the space where it's going to be kind of dependent on how your league is looking because the number one waiver wire guy is so beautiful he just might not be out there in leagues because we i've been talking about him for weeks so let's get through this let's talk about the running backs and the surprise of the week daryl henderson daryl henderson is alive he was activated he looked pretty damn good too he looked good out there i i knew royce was going to get run he absolutely did but daryl henderson looked spry out there and uh, there was no Zach Evans and we know that Kyron's going to be out for some time. I think this could even go the way of Daryl Henderson, maybe even ruining some of Kyron, how he did Cam Akers at some point. Now I might be making too much about nothing, but I thought Daryl Henderson looked like he did in the past. You have him as the number one waiver wire running back this week. How aggressive are you going to be? So I did Chris Harris's podcast asked a similar question. If you have fab, uh, if you have the number one waiver spot and you've been holding on to that, or even want to take a chance at number two, I would blow it. it like you just don't know if you're going to get another chance at a running back like this. This isn't, you know, Keonta Ingram and De Mercado type of things. We know he's the lead. We know he's the lead option until Kyron Williams is back. And as you just mentioned, Kyron Williams could come back into a timeshare. It could be a 50, 50 split. We've done this before. Uh, Ranked Henderson too low. I had him as the highest of the three running backs, but I had him as an RB3 because we've seen other running backs come off the street that are familiar with the offenses. Latavius Murray, not this one, but previously. Uh, we've seen Kenyon Drake come to the Ravens. It'd be nothing, not even involved. Uh, we've seen Miles Gaskin go back and forth between teams he's played for and nothing. Of, so it doesn't always mean some familiarity is going to put you right to the top. But in this case, it did. Henderson was right to the top. Henderson was like he was, as you mentioned, with Cam Akers out last year. 
Uh, Royce Freeman, he looked good on his carries. I know some fine. people are like, he looks so much better. Like, he looked good. He looked good, and at times like, he had some better carries. But Henderson's still using the passing game. Henderson's still over 60% of the touches. He has, you have to take him because this week, he, I don't know if this week he'll check in as an RB2 because we have everybody at our disposal. He might, though, because there's some iffy. I mean, we're talking about who would you rather start, Daryl Henderson or trying to figure out if it's going to be Pierce or Singletary coming out of their bye after what just happened before the bye. Oh, I'd just play man. Henderson. Man, I think I would. Let me look. What is the Rams matchup? I'm pulling this up. They got the Cowboys. It's not. I don't even care. I know it's not a great matchup. Yeah, I mean, I kind of care about the matchup. Um, but to, but your point is sound. What if it's here. what if it's sixty five thirty five Pierce or what if it's sixty five thirty five Devin Singletary? Like you just yeah. See, that's the pro. Yeah, you're you're alluding to the main points. Like you don't know which one of those guys is going to get it. That's funny. I I had a a lineup where I was putting. Uh, you know, getting my week eight stuff. I just do the initial one. And I saw Pierce was on the bench and I was putting him in. And I was like, do I got to put him in? Do I have to? I'm not sure he's, a, <laughs> wait, I have to me, put in. Do I don't really want to put him in. Wait, never mind. You know, <laughs> I, I, maybe I don't have like the definitive answer, but I do think that like, I probably would lean Henderson and he's probably going to be right near Pierce in rankings this week. So that's a, that's a good point. I mean, he might float right in the RB two territory, more viable flex uh, that you can put out there. But I agree. I thought Henderson looked better. He's the guy that I'm trying to pick up this week. You're not unloading the bank on it, but he does look like he's got more sustainable value for the majority oh, of the yeah, season. Oh, yeah, to answer that part, I said 25 to 30 bucks. So whether that's 50% of your budget, 100 or not, you know, I mean, it might be 100% for some people and maybe yeah. don't go that far, but, you know, you could have, I was going to say, you could still have 90 to 100 bucks left. Maybe you've been super lucky and you haven't had to go crazy yet, but I'd say in the 25 to 30 range is probably, and that's probably what's going to take to get him. If and that's more. probably 25 to 50% range of your, of your fed somewhere in that general area. I mean, cause that is a true multi-week potential RV one, which you don't really get a ton of uh, coming in at number two was Chuba Hubbard. A lot of Chuba's value early on, um, especially like in the week prior was about Miles Sanders and the injury, but they're returning from the buy yet. He comes in at number two. So talk to us about Chuba too. It's just, this is another scenario like Devin Singletary, like Miles Sanders is supposed to come back and Miles Sanders was in the lead to start this year. But what if they've seen enough from Chuba Hubbard to say, uh, Deonta Foreman too, like what he's seen enough to say, you know what? It's a 50, 50 split coming back. Carolina Panthers offense isn't great, but there's also a world where they've seen enough from Hubbard that they're like, Hey, what if he gives him more work? And like, what if it's a 50, 50 split and Hubbard gets all the passing game work. And that's yeah. what you really want from the Carolina Panthers who are going to give up points every single week because their defense is utter trash. So if you're telling me it's 50-50, but I know one of them is going to be used in the passing game more, I'm going to take that option. The only thing is that they, they really seem to like using Miles Sanders in the passing game, but to the injury point, they might fade need it off to a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and, and they might need to like fade it off a lot more as well uh, for injury purposes. So Chuba coming in at number two, really interesting one is number three. This one seemed very predictable, not in that he would be massively productive, but coming off of a, of a main majority snap low touch game that he was going to pop back and get a bunch of touches. Uh, and that's uh, Mari DiMarcato. And that's what happened. You know, the Kante Ingram stuff, you know, number one on the depth chart. Oh, what's he going to do this week? Well, it was DiMarcato and Ingram was inactive, so it was nothing. And Damian Williams was out there. So he comes in at number three. We do know James Conner is, um, this is the, what, the Undertaker and uh, what was his, the wrestler's name? Where he's looking behind him, he's standing behind him. The guy from AEW, you're a wrestling guy. 
Yeah, I know, but I don't know what you're talking about. You know, the one where he's standing there and then Undertaker's standing behind him looking like it's like he's coming for him. You don't know what I'm talking about? The high flying, the hair, the bullet club, I think. The guys from the bullet club. AJ Styles? AJ Styles. Thank you. We got there. We got there. Yeah. James Conner's Undertaker and uh, DiMarcado is AJ okay. Styles. Like he's, he's coming. <laughs> I don't know what a lot of work. I still don't know what you're talking about, but I knew the AJ you don't Styles. Know the as soon meme? as you said the long hair in the Bullet Club, you got me you there. You don't know the meme? Undertaker meme. I mean, are you going to send it to me live in the show? And nobody's going to listen to I'm, 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 I'm 100% putting it up here. This one. You're going to know it. As soon, you're going to go, oh, yeah, that one. This one. Oh, okay. Yeah. And now you didn't do I, it because I said it. You know this meme. This is the one where he's like all yeah. happy and Undertaker walks yeah, up behind him. I got him. it, but I, I don't actually. I haven't seen that one a ton enough to. Oh, know really? That. Yeah, yeah. This I, Undertaker looks about the same age as James Conner too. <laughs> it, it fits there. But James Conner's coming. Demarcado got a bunch of the snaps. Is Demarcado coming in at number three here? Simply, <laughs> hey, you got two weeks of cool production, and that's it. Uh, you might get a little bit more than that. There's no guarantee that James Conner doesn't have a setback. So, or he comes back immediately, but this is like, I don't want to start him. You have your, first of all, you have everybody at your disposal this week. Who's actually playing? Not hurt. You know, you have all 32 teams. The second part about that, you talked about, well, what about the matchup when you talk about the Cowboys? I don't want to talk about the matchup. I don't want to play a single person against the Baltimore Ravens. Like maybe Patrick Mahomes. I've played Patrick Mahomes against the Ravens, but I don't want to play anybody against the Ravens. Hell no, do I want to start Dan Mercado, but I'm going to keep Dan Mercado away from other teams and put him on my bench, and then maybe I get to play him later on. I just wasn't sure. I wasn't sure like where that value was going to sit after the fact with him. There's multiple of these he, guys. That's the problem. He could be RB3 next week, just not touching him this week against the Ravens. Yeah, and that's why we like their Henderson over him. Uh, number four, you did mention it, Devin Singletary. This is about that 50-50 split because it could go either way. Literally, Devin Singletary could, could get just the primary touches. Week, possibly. Yeah. So this is probably better suited for somebody that's lower in the waiver um, in, the, in the waiver claims, and you just want to pick up a back that might get some production. There are a couple of these guys that are out there. I have a league. I, f- I feel this is, well, it's not similar because he doesn't get the run, but like I have a league where I was dropping. I don't remember who I'm dropping, but I was picking up like Eli Mitchell, who was sitting out there, and that was just more for future tense. And that's the same thing I feel like with Singletary, even though he's getting the now production. If something happens to Pierce, we know he'll get the full throws of it, but he's also, he can provide you something right now. And then, but number five is the most interesting to me because we're coming off of an absolutely massive performance from Deontay Foreman, but we have assumed that this was going to be Ro- what literally what Foreman did was going to be Roshan Johnson and Roshan Johnson might be out there for people, but he has been plagued by this concussion issue, but he comes in well below. I actually think Roshan, if available should be number two, at least on this list. Mm-hmm. If you're getting back to assuming that Roshan could take the primary stuff. The problem is, is Foreman looks like he has played a great role. And even if Roshan is active, it's hard to gauge that he would he would get what Foreman just got. It looks like it would be a full split, and that's the reason. I don't even know if it's a full split. I don't know if this the reason he's this far is because what if he's just what he was getting with Khalil Herbert, which is like thirty percent of the touches. That's not even a full split. That's just you can't even really start him in most leagues. And with Badgett, the quarterback, like he's played well, a lot better than anybody expected. But where's the value there? Uh, Badgett's actually pretty smart and doesn't take too much time in the pocket and avoids and just throws balls away, which actually means you don't get some of those targets headed towards the run, like those dump balls, panic moves, whatever. But and Justin Fields could be, but, but also Khalil Herbert's coming back. So I just, no, that's why he's down here. I, I would love Roshan Johnson's thing, but this pretty much happened to be 
Worst case scenario for him. He had an injury at the time where he could have made his statement, and Deonta Foreman not only played, but played really well. Has been playing really well. It's an interesting crew. In Dumpsville on the RBs, Zach Evans, who was a massively popular pickup like a week ago. Everyone, hey, he's going to be the guy. He's not the guy. Um, I only put this in here. The Dumpsville this week are actually a lot, very, very logical. It's nothing that's going to be surprising. Uh, so I'm just throwing this out there. I don't know if you have anything to add, but there's literally no value for Zach Evans anymore because they, they literally no, but would go to the I'll, I'll add somebody. the fact that you still have to take these chances because if Zach Evans was the lead and Zach Evans was even De Mercado and he got 80% of the work, not even 94% of the work, but like you got 80% of the work and it wasn't even that great, it would still be like, well, you had to take the chance because at least you got an RB3. Our running backs are impossible to find, and that's why once we started getting that news on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday morning, obviously – all three of them were worth picking up. All three of them, like I said, I wouldn't have started any of the three. The call was to actually play Henderson, but all three still should not have been sitting on waivers because we had to see how this plays out. Now that we know, and that Zach Evans, all of his snaps were on special teams, and they could actually even activate Miles Gaskin and make Zach Evans inactive. Yeah, you just drop him. But unfortunately, you had to take this chance. Going over to wide receivers, this is where the bread is buttered, as they say. I think they say. Pretty sure they say. Josh Downs coming in at number one. Josh Downs should have been picked up. We've we've talked about him, what, all year? All year, every single week. I've even, like, when we we get, um, I'll be like, I want Josh Downs for the future upside. I put him higher on lists every single. We have constantly, we've actually constantly talked about the top two guys, but we'll focus just solely here. Josh Downs is number one, and... I guess I got to ask because you were you were willing to put a lot down on Daryl Henderson. If Josh Downs is there, where is your priority? Obviously, positional stuff could come into play, but if you're just thinking, I'm no, one of these guys for flex. Because look, if you don't get Downs, Tank Dell is still out there somehow, which we're going to talk about, and they're still further down the option. Like you can't find running backs, you can still find wide receivers. Like Downs should have been, but we're going to talk about names that aren't even inside the top five. Kendrick Bourne. Is all of a sudden a thing might continue. Yeah. I like, I mean, Kendrick Warren could be a drop again next week because we did this at the beginning of the season and you disappeared for four weeks. But, you know, Jaden Reed is involved. Michael Wilson is boomer bust. Again, don't want to play him this week. If Jose Jones ever comes back and I'm only bringing these names out to say like, you know, they're not Josh Downs, but the drop off from Downs to them is way less severe to Henderson to even Roshan Johnson as number five. And that's it's a good, thing. it's a good point. Uh, and down down still is getting like the third in snaps behind Alec Pierce, but he is absolutely loved by Minshew and the floor seems to have risen quite a bit. So what else do you want to talk about with him is uh, okay. You're going to go running back over him, but he's the number one wide receiver on here. Do you think he can be a wide receiver two moving no, forward three. or just three, just firm he's three slightly better tank Dell for me. So that, but that almost feels like not trustable. No, of course. But I mean, what wide receiver three is? There's no wide receiver three that's trustable. That's why they're wide receiver threes. Eh. Yeah, I mean, I get, uh, maybe. Who? <laughs> well, I was Who? say there, there's probably guys out there. If we go look at the list that are like they're constantly wide receiver threes, and we're like, yeah, that's a wide receiver. Yeah, I'm but just what not do you want with that? Okay, Curtis here's Samuel. Your wide rec- Curtis Samuel's okay. like a constant. Curtis Samuel's not even a wide receiver three. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> there you go. I'm trying to look. Oh, no, wait, he is. He is. He barely is. Okay. You're f- but that's the thing. He actually disappeared last week because he went to go take a poop. Like, that actually yeah, well, hurt he him. he did so, have to poop. You're right. Michael Thomas is the quintessential floor, that, but he's not even a wide receiver three. He's 40. So here's your wide receiver threes on the season, which is incredible. The two that I'm about to mention, actually, these four. Holy crap. I was almost about to curse on this show. I almost said the S word. Uh, these four are currently wide receiver threes. You would never, like, if we, if we would have done a show at the beginning of the season and be like, hey, come middle of the season, these are going to be all wide receiver threes. We'd be like, you're fired. You don't deserve a job. You're done. Here are the four Jalen Waddell, Calvin Ridley, Garrett Wilson, and Devonta Smith are all mm. wide receiver threes. They're 32, 33, 34, 35. So there you go. Drake London, Samuel, Josh Reynolds, Terry McLaurin, Tutu Atwell, Josh Downs is actually a wide receiver three. Gabe Davis and Zay Flowers. They're yeah, all I'm the looking, same. There is I'm no looking, consistency in there. The points per game does make this tough because like Cortland Sutton to me is like the quintessential wide receiver three, but he's a wide receiver two right now. He's scoring a wide receiver two. He's 18 and half PPR he, And he's actually a wide receiver two in points per game too. He's 23rd. Yeah, Josh Downs is 25, by the way. Gabe Davis feels like that guy, but he is very boomer bust, but he is Super a very, like, if he is... And if you I go know, by every points per week. games, Gabe Davis is back-to-back with Josh Downs. There you go. To your point, <laughs> like, I, I feel like there's a little bit of a differential. Like, I think there are, I feel at least like there are guys that are just like, oh, this guy's always a three. This guy's always a wide receiver three. But I guess there are players with the upside of two because... I'd almost consider Pickens to be like a quintessential wide receiver three, but he's 17 in scoring and half PPR. So, you know, I'm not really quite there. There have been some overperformers, but Josh Downs either way, I still think can push the wide receiver two standpoint. Big play option has a trust of Minshew. If I'm looking for a wide receiver, this is who I'm looking at. At number two, Josh Palmer comes in and Josh Palmer is coming off of a big There's week. You have had option. him. Good Lord, if you had him on all year long and you've just been pushing at it, you think he's a better, more consistent option? Yes, he's the more consistent option between him and Josh Downs. The lower ceiling, but more consistent. He's wide receiver 23 in fantasy points per game since Mike Williams went down. Boom. Low end wide receiver two every single week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And you, you, would ra- you would rather have him over Josh Downs? Downs. Yeah. No. That's why I have Downs in front of him. I would, well, I, would, I guess I because it's from- wide receiver, I would shoot for the ceiling. And maybe I'm wrong. And there is some consistency that starts to develop with Gardner Minshew now at quarterback. But if I am if I said, hey, I've already got volatility. Tyra Lockett's my three. Devontae Smith is my two, which people would have been going crazy. If you said Devontae Smith was your two and Tyler Lockett was your three at the beginning of the year, people would be like, oh, my God, you're loaded. Just like my stupid home league where I had Calvin Ridley, Christian Watson, and uh, who was my other one to start my first three? I can't even think of it right now. But it's like, that's what it's been like. Oh, Garrett Wilson. Those were my top three. Like, oh, my God, you're freaking loaded. And now look at me. Now I'm like, like I was selling off for next year. But poor house. So. Po- point being, if that's your kind of volatility, you can live with that volatility of Tyra Lockett. I would still buy low on Tyra Lockett as a complete sidebar here because the ceiling is still top 10 any given week. But that volatility has just been worse this year because of Geno Smith. In that situation, I would get Josh Palmer because you need some kind of consistency. If I had three rock-solid guys who produce every single week, 
Michael Thomas is my three. I would go for Josh Downs as my four. Do you think these are both like 25% fab type of guys if you need? Um... No, because people are stupid and they haven't picked them up yet. So <laughs> That's a good point. you could probably go 15. <laughs> you can get I mean, them. But this will be the week. This, this should be the week where those percentages change. Uh, coming in at number three, this was this was a uh, anytime touchdown call for me this week. Great red zone option, Rasheed Rice, and Rasheed Rice did it again. Seems he's the ceiling to, of all of these, and he's, the he's in the best the offense, and he is the number one receive receive wide receiver outside of Travis Kelsey <laughs> for this team. I think he's established that at this point. Like even though the snaps still go in favor of Marcus Valdez Scantling and Sky Moore, who cares? Rasheed Rice is. Okay, Rasheed Rice is like a wide receiver three every single week. Don't you think he fits now? He is. Now he is. He's Gabe Davis now. So there you go. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, he doesn't have the big. He doesn't have like one for seventy six. Like he's he he's actually he's almost like like a he's a souped up Curtis Samuel. He's like four for forty six in a score every single week. There you go. He's Josh Palmer. He's on a better Josh Palmer in a better situation slightly. Okay, Okay, so I was about to say better offense, but it's not that much better. It's just his situation has a higher ceiling because he could be the one wide receiver versus being the two nitpicking here. But again, one thing I would, one thing I would throw in with these three is like, this is the reason of your point of the running backs. Like there isn't three. I think these guys all you can start in a week in a week out basis. That doesn't happen with those running backs. It's just Daryl Henderson. That's the one like, Right. You have to make big excuses for the other guys. These guys, I, I believe you can. I don't feel like you're a sold on Rasheed Rice, though. Why not? I've been sold know. on Rasheed. We've like had Rasheed Rice here for weeks, and I had Rasheed Rice as a top 36 play last week. Okay. I don't know. There's something about it. I feel like you don't like Rasheed Rice, and you're just not telling me. No. You're reading into mm. things again. I, I can see it. <laughs> I can see it. There's something about him. You're just not that into him. Number four, Tank Dell. Um, I'm not that into Tank Dell anymore, but you know, you made some, I, I think didn't we have Why? this discussion about uh, man versus zone with Tank Dell? Isn't he the opposite of uh, Christian Kirk? Nico Collins. Oh yeah, but the opposite. Yeah. So no, he's it's, the zone. it's actually a pressure situation. So you want That's Tank Dell? You want Tank Dell when the Houston Texans are facing a low pressure rate team because the Texans when Nico Collins gets the targets quicker from C.J. Stroud when he's under pressure. Uh, this is actually more similar to a Michael Wilson situation. So Michael Wilson, uh, all his production has been against zone. Why? Because he can get open against zone quicker, and he's really good at exploiting zone. When he's in man, he struggles to get open quickly. And Josh Dobbs loves to do first reads and loves to look at Marquise Brown, who gets open quickly against man because he's so quick, or he goes to, turns to the tight end. This is a very similar situation. C.J. Stroud, when he has more time in the pocket, it lets Tank Dale get deep and get behind the receiver, the corners, and that's why he gets some more opportunities for Tank Dale, bigger plays. So that's the thing to look for, which against Carolina, I'm going to assume right now that Carolina's near the bottom of the pack and getting pressure rate, but this is a situation where, like, Tank Dale, you look at his games, 5, 17, 23, 4, 7. So it's basically all or nothing. This is now another Gabe Davis. Everybody's Gabe He's Davis. He's Gabe this Davis. Week. This is Gabe Everything. Davis. Not Rasheed Rice. This is Gabe Davis. But sure. you should put it, he should be your wide receiver four. Does he need to be more than that? No, but people dropped him because they were on a bye and he was hurt. He's a home run option. He's definitely a home run option for the team and he can make some big He's, plays. You know who used to play for the Texans a long time ago? It's Nate Washington. Yeah, I see that. I see number 85, Nate Washington. Remember some Nate Washington. Uh, number five on this list, Curtis Samuel, the Poops. Uh, Curtis Samuel comes in and that 
goes with, ironically, in Dumpsville, uh, John <laughs> Dotson. So Samuel was, Samuel might have been in Dumpsville, but the Dumpsville is Jahan Dotson, even though he saw like a little bit more of an increased role. It's just Curtis Samuel over him. Howell absolutely hates Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson, <laughs> I, I never see yeah, him try yeah, either. Well, the balls are thrown at his ankles, and I feel like Dotson's done. He needs to get traded. He he's completely out of here. What do you want to What do you want to talk on both of these two? Yeah, people want to apologize for that throw not being perfect at the end of the game, but he's a professional NFL wide receiver. Should have caught that. But what I will say is that I'll compare John Dotson to Baker Mayfield. You just mentioned he needs a new team. The pressure is getting on top of him. I think that's what it is. Is that you know, and maybe I'm just casting myself onto Dotson as when I used to play sports in high school and college, but it's kind of like, I'll compare it to baseball. I was a second baseman. And you know, that thing, like there's two factors There's one is when you make an error, all of a sudden the ball keeps finding you and you start to get like that pressure on yourself and like, Oh, I can't screw up again. I can't screw up again. I can't screw up again. And then potentially you throw it away again, or you're in a little bit of slump at the plate and you start getting in your own head. And like, I got to get a hit to get me out of this. I got it. Like, like I got to hit a double. I got a nice line drive. Can I just get something and it's all that pressure on top of yourself. And then so every single opportunity that you get, it gets worse and worse and worse because it's, oh, my God, I can't mess up again. I can't fail again. And that, honestly, that's what it looks like with Dotson because some of these drops are not Dotson. We didn't see that last year. We didn't see that in college. Um, so Curtis Samuel has been the one. It was a bad week again. He left the game for a while. He slipped on that one play that maybe he gets the defender off his feet instead of him. And he scores on that or whatever it might be. But it, Curtis Samuel is the floor. He's Michael Thomas. He's Michael Thomas on the Commanders. That's all it is. And McLaurin's a little bit more upside and a little bit more risk. But yeah, Dotson, uh, somebody asked me who I would drop Dotson for. Everybody. I was just about to say, you could make an argument. There's 20 wide receivers. You can make an argument to drop Dotson for all of them. Because if McLaurin got hurt this week, would you go right back to pick up Dotson? Yeah, you would. But unless that happens, like Dotson or Jackson Smith and Jigba. Well, you know, DK Metcalf should be back. But what if he misses again? What if Tyler Lockett gets hurt? Same situation. So you can make the argument that you could drop Dotson for everybody. Yeah, I mean, and you'll just never play Dotson. Like you'll like you could pick him up and you could hold him, but what what's going to be the thing that's going to get you to play? It's only the too injury. many people do this, and like even when it comes to running backs, is you know, do I drop blank for blank? Do I drop Jeff Wilson? Yeah, you drop Jeff Wilson. I like he got one touch at the end of the game, and Devonta Chan is now getting closer. If Raheem Mostert got hurt this week, do you have to go back and pick up Jeff Wilson? Yes, and that would suck. But that's your only upside here. Like, the only reason to have Jeff Wilson, the only reason to have John Dawson, the only reason to have Traylon Burks, who's hurt himself. But, like, all these people who, like, need an injury, yeah, I know we always are only like, look, I just fell into a top 20 running back. I just fell into a top 30 wide receiver. I know people get excited about that. But the likelihood of that happening, you remember, it's the... It's the um, What's the saying when something confirmation bias is that you only remember when it happens. You don't remember sitting on somebody for 10 weeks and then dropping that player because you need somebody else because the injury never happened. Like you have not touched Quentin Johnson in your lineup this entire season and you might never. That's funny because that confirmation bias is the same thing. Always gets me worked up about how every rookie gets ranked insanely high and then they'll be trash for six weeks and they don't help, and people took them as RB2s, and then they're good for the final six weeks, and everyone's like, I told you. It's like, <laughs> well, no, we were practically dropping the guy, and he ruined your team, and you couldn't start him, so that's not an I told you when you paid that price. That confirmation <laughs> bias definitely does kill a lot. Uh, a couple streaming options if you're looking at quarterbacks. 
swear to God, the number one streaming option every single week is Sam Howell. You have him in there for some rightful purposes. Baker go, Mayfield. I still go back to him. Yeah, you got Baker Mayfield and Daniel Jones. I would 100% Sam Howell over those two. I No thanks. No, thank, no thanks on Baker Mayfield. No thanks on Daniel Jones. I would throw Howell out there. Although Even Sam though he Howell can have some die. stinky games. He's got die. the Eagles this week. No, I'm saying like he might, might get sacked 15 times and be like, dude, you're going to get that Madden ambulance driving on the field like cart him off <laughs> the eagles just like game day broken boat it's gonna be nfl blitz they just i can see it. like if you don't want the risk baker mayfield's clearly safer but at quarterback do i want 11 points 14 points no i'm gonna go for the upside on the tight end streamers you know okay you have dalton schultz at number one kincaid at two and logan thomas at three I think there's an argument to say that Kincaid might drop onto the waivers this week that you might want to put a waiver claim in because he, for the foreseeable future can be not just like a really good t- a starting tight end, but like a every single week, sit it, no, and forget it, it type of tight end. That's uh, that's actually back because there was the update of that and it was supposed to have Dalton Kincaid edited and put it first because. Oh, I had, okay. I did this late so, last night. No, 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 no. Like I don't, I'm going in to check right now to make sure it got edited back. So there was two things is I actually didn't even have Kincaid in there because I just assumed he was still over 60% because he was for the longest time because everybody mm. stat drafted him and didn't drop him and held on to him. And everything was like, you know, Kincaid, 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 which is what Sam Laporte is doing, which is what people wanted Kincaid to do. And Luke Brusgrave was even doing better than Dalton Kincaid. Uh, but now that Dawson Knox has surgery, uh, no, we kind of talked about it off the top. Dalton Kincaid yeah. has top 10 potential. He's like, just pick him up and set it. This isn't a streamer. This is technically a pickup and set him in there. Yeah. And I, I think he could get into the waiver conversation. So he's an obvious number one streaming tight end if you can get him. But once you get him, I think you can sit and forget it. If you're struggling at tight end and you don't need wide receiver, I'd pick up Kincaid over Josh Downs. Um, that says a lot. That definitely says a lot. Yeah, if, if we were constructing, Bogman and I do this, if we were constructing, like, what does the top five waivers look like this week? I would put Kincaid on that list at this point. Like, yeah. just like to what you said, even needed or not, he would, uh, you know, if, if the needs were more Daryl Henderson, Josh Downs, Josh Palmer, I'd probably throw him in at number four, at least. He sits in that general area. But And then know, I, I wasn't even thinking this. I, I would actually slap Taysom Hill at number two and t- until... Taysom Hill until Juwan Johnson gets back is basically a top 10 tight end. And maybe potential for him to stick around as well. Even when uh, Juwan Johnson comes back, just in how they've been using him, they seem to like that. So there you go. Those are the waivers for week eight. Make your bids and your waiver claims accordingly. This gets you all set up for week eight. If you want to make sure you got every piece of, of the tools, the tools in the shed and the tools on the tool belt to get you set for week eight. Make sure that you are subscribed to The Athletic because Tuesday night going into Wednesday, you're going to get the week eight ranks from Mr. Jake Seeley. That article is robust. Want to make sure you're a part of it. Go to his Twitter, click on his articles. You can sign up or you can just go to athletic.com and then you can uh, type in Jake's name. You'll be able to find the article pretty easy and he will have all the week eight ranks and it will be updated Every single day throughout the Jake literally doesn't leave his home. He stares at it and he waits for every piece of news and he updates projections, all that type of stuff. So make sure um, you are doing that. Get set. You can follow him on Twitter. Is it the uh, me on Twitter? Is it the Welsh him all in kid? (laughs) That would be hilarious if they were thinking they were getting you on my Twitter handle. It's not. 
and make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Brandon Funson and I will be doing the week eight ranks, picking apart Jake's ranks versus our own in the next episode. Thank you guys for hanging out with us and we'll talk to you next time right here on the athletic fantasy football podcast. We'll be right back. 